You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So the story of Rich Dad, Poor Dad is, um, I grew up on a little sugar plantation town on the island of Hawaii in the town of Hilo. And so I'm sitting in this class full of rich kids and I'm going, que pasa? When are we gonna learn about money? And the teacher was kind of like church lady, you know, she goes, the love of money is the root of all evil. And I said, well, it may be evil to you, but I'd like to have some. So I go home to my poor dad and I said, hey dad, why don't we learn about money at school? He says, I can only teach what the government allows me to teach, and the government does not allow me to teach the subject of money. So finally, he suggested I go talk to my best friend's father about money. And so I asked my poor dad, I said, what's the difference between an entrepreneur and an employee? He says, entrepreneurs must know about money. What separated my rich dad and my poor dad was just two pieces of paper. So my poor dad's side, the most important piece of paper in his life was his diploma. That to him was everything. Whereas my rich dad, his pieces of paper were different. Rich dad's pieces of paper was called the financial statement. And so when people say, what was rich dad, poor dad about? It's, ve it's very simply a book on accounting, and especially the financial statement. And in the real world, there's three different types of financial statement. This is income and expense, asset liability. Income expense is called a P&L, and the asset liability is called a balance sheet. And there's one more, it's a statement of cash flow. So that was the biggest difference in minds between my poor dad, an employee, and my rich dad, an entrepreneur. So here to explain why financial statements are important, is my personal tax authority, my CPA, Tom Wheelwright. Tom will explain why a financial statement is crucially important to somebody like me as an entrepreneur, but it may not be as important to somebody who is a, an employee. So Tom, through the magic of Zoom, we're social distancing uh, in 2020, could you give us a quick uh, snapshot of your background and what qualifies you to talk about taxes? Yeah, of course. So I have a bachelor degree in accounting from the University of Utah. 
a master's of professional accounting uh, with a specialty in tax from the University of Texas. I spent seven years uh, with Ernst & Young, one of the largest tax firms in the world, including three years in their national tax department in Washington, DC. 14 years as an adjunct professor in the Masters of Tax program at Arizona State University and 25 years building, running, selling, buying CPA firms um, and uh, with clients all over the world where we specialize in showing people how to permanently reduce their taxes legally, ethically, and morally. Correct. And that's a big point there because we don't do it illegally or unethically or immorally. So quickly explain, Tom, on taxes. Taxes are really incentives not to pay tax, right? I mean, isn't that really what it is? Well, most of the tax law, the tax law obviously raises money for the government, but it also is a way for the government to guide investment. And so the government says, look, if you'll take a risk here and invest in uh, natural resources, or you invest in a business, or you invest in real estate, then we'll help you with that investment by reducing your taxes. So we're really doing, what we want to do is what the government wants us to do. We want to help the economy. We want to help create jobs. And when we do that, the government reduces our taxes. So Tom, I know you weren't, you weren't born in 1773, but is the Boston Tea Party alive and well today? Oh yeah, of course. There's, uh, there's, there's plenty of tax revolt. Interestingly enough, uh, you know, the way we look at taxes here in the US, the way we use it as incentives, it's the same all over the world. So every country, um, developed country has similar tax laws and gives similar incentives. Okay, anything you wanna say about that or? No, I just, I just wanna reiterate that it's legal, it's ethical, it's moral. And people get very upset when you say, um, I don't pay taxes or I pay very little in taxes. But to your point, when we invest in apartment houses, we're providing housing that the government can't provide or doesn't want to provide. When we're, when we're investing in oil companies, the government doesn't wanna be drilling for oil. So to Tom's point, that's why we get tax incentives. We're doing what the government doesn't want to do. And we're employers, not employees. And you're gonna find out that the people that pay the highest taxes are employees. Has Tom made us a lot of money by not paying taxes? Yes, he has. Yes, he has. Thank God you, bless Tom. You, Tom. You know, we'll send you a Christmas card this year. <laughs> anyway, so I'll let Tom explain that this is a basic financial statement. It's income expense, asset liability. So this is called in your world, in the world of accounting, what do you call this? That's the, the, the profit and loss statement or the income statement. Okay, good. And this is the balance sheet, assets and liabilities. So these are two different financial statements, is that correct? They are, they're two different financial statements that work together to create your basically report card for your investing in your business. So where Tom supported us here, he have this financial statement, the income statement or the P&L and the balance sheet, but there is one more financial statement is called statement of what, Tom? Cash flow. And that's probably the most important one. So literacy, financial literacy, starts with you got to know income statement, balance sheet, statement of cash flow. So there's three different financial statements. Any comments on that, Tom? Well, <laughs> the statement of cash flow is the one people tend to ignore the most and where your cash is coming from and where it's going is the most important. What I love about the cash flow game for adults is that it shows all three of these financial statements and makes it simple to follow them and understand what they mean. So for adults, 
you can look here. This is the actual, the game board here. You know, I'm, I'm holding up here an income statement, the balance sheet, but off to the right here is a statement of cash flow. So there's three financial statements in the cash flow game, right? Is that correct, Tom? That is correct. And how does that, how, is, how does a statement of cash flow empower the income statement and balance sheet? So basically what the statement of cash flow does is it actually tells you what's happening to your cash. Where did it come from and where did it go? Did it come from the income statement or did it come from the balance sheet? Did it go to pay expenses or did it go to build assets? Any comments you want to say about that? Well, I want to say, so, so here's, the, here's the financial statement for the cash flow game. For the, for the adults. Here's the financial statement for cash flow for kids. So here we have income statement. You have income, you have expenses, and then you have cash flow. Over here we have a balance sheet, assets, liabilities. So again, we've just taken the same concepts and just simplified it. To win the game, if your cash flow is greater than your expenses, you are out of the rat race and you win. Exact same way to win cash flow for kids. So let me explain one more, a couple more things here. So that's one, two, and the three is a statement of cash flow. And this is the, the biggest distinction. This is my poor dad. And all he cared about was how much money he made and how low were his expenses. And that's where the 99.99% of the world's population is. They want to make money and keep expenses low, but also what they don't realize, the number one expense is tax. And so anybody who works for income here, this is what cash flow looks like. You make money here, but it flows out that way to the government. Am I correct, Tom? That's exactly the way it works, yes. And can you do anything for this person right now if, that, if that's all they know? Very, very little. The government does not incentivize individuals. Correct. Now, what my rich dad taught me, and this is the difference here, he didn't want me to get a job. And the reason he didn't want me to get a job is because I'd pay taxes. So instead, my rich dad taught me to focus on assets here. So there's four basic assets. There's businesses, there's real estate, there's paper, which is stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and ETFs, and uh, commodities gold, silver, oil, water, things like this. So one of the differences for me is that I just focused here. When, when I left, you know, when I grew up, I focused on assets. Is that what the rich do, Tom? That's exactly what the rich do, yes. And our schools teach people to focus on job security, right? Uh, that's true. So Kim, when you and I met, we met in 84, and I told your father I didn't have a job. I told your mother I didn't have a job because I'm an entrepreneur. Yes. What did they say? They got, they were got a little bit nervous. They got very nervous. And they were even more nervous when I called them a couple months later and said, hey, guess what? I just quit my job and we're going to go start this business. <laughs> and I'm all excited. I'm telling them all about it. And, and all I hear is my dad said, you quit your job? <laughs> Because that was, the, that was the mindset that he grew up with as a kid, and that's the mindset that he lived as an adult. You have a job, you work your way up the corporate ladder. Um, I, didn't, I didn't want that. I wanted freedom. I wanted my freedom. So when I met her, she was building a network marketing business. I was. I was. 
because I wanted to, well, it, it taught me, you know, number one, it gave me the freedom, but I, I thought I made the funny assumption that I wouldn't have to work so hard. Well, of course, in any business that you're doing yourself, you work way harder 24 seven, but I learned how to sell, I learned how to market, um, I learned all kinds of business. Self-confidence. Self-confidence was huge. Creativity, originality, it was, it was huge. So I, I think being an entrepreneur is actually one of the best ways to build confidence, but also one of the best paths to freedom. And then, so she, li she loved business. I said, oh my gosh, she's beautiful. She's got brains and she likes business, you know? And she loved real estate. So. I did. I did. Tell, I understood that game. Tell us why game. you love real estate so much. Well, I, under, I understood the game. You, you started to explain to me what your rich dad had taught you about real estate, especially real estate investing. Um, and once I started looking and underst I understood it and it was fun and it was creative and talking to Tom, you know, it's all about the numbers. I mean, there's many facets to it, but the numbers tell the story and numbers can actually be very, very creative. So when you're talking about income statement balance sheet, I don't see numbers, I see a story that's evolving. And I know you see that too, Tom. So how big was your first deal? My first deal was a little two bedroom, one bath house in a place called Portland, Oregon, and it was $45,000. So what she did was she took out 40,000 in debt. So Tom, you know, we have, she's got 40,000 in debt. She put up $5,000 and the cash flowed this way. So it flew, it flowed from her house and it flowed into her income. So so what is that called, Tom? What, how, what would you say she did? Well, she, uh, she created cash flow by turning her asset of cash into an asset of real estate, and now she gets perpetual cash flow every single month. Right, but the 40000 in debt is a liability, right? That's right. So the bank contributed most of the money to produce the cash flow. And there's one more thing, because Tom is a tax expert. How much tax did she pay on that 40000 Zero. And you see, the reason the middle class, like my dad, and most people get in trouble, is they use liability, let's say their house or credit card debt, and the cash flows this way, out the expense column. So they have a mortgage, and the cash flows out, and that goes to the bank. And what Kim does, she just took the government's $40,000, used it to acquire an asset, and it put uh, $25, a $25 bucks a month. Now the question is, Tom, how much tax did she pay, does she pay on that $25,000? Zero. Now you're understanding capitalism. So this is how Kim started. She started small. Mine was $18,000. I put nothing down on it and made 25 bucks. Infinite returns are called. So Kim, how many properties do you have now? Oh, thousands, thousands of properties. And thousands are going this way and this way and this way, right? Yes, yes. And how much tax are we paying on them? Probably, Tom? Zero. <laughs> And how much does that, uh, uh, we're, we're probably 500 million in debt. So we're half a billion in debt. So when you borrow money, 500 million, half a billion, how much tax did we pay on that? 
zero. So that's really what you and your child can begin to learn. Hello, Robert Kiyosaki. I'm Kim Kiyosaki. And uh, we're going to talk to you about the Cash Flow for Kids board game. Kids are very, very interested at money at an early age. You, you started at, what, age nine, right? So we wanted to create a game for kids, for younger kids, where there wasn't a lot of jargon, a lot of terms, there wasn't a lot of numbers, and there's no addition, subtraction, all of that. It's, it's basically colors and concepts. So they get the concept of the same principles of the cash flow game, but it's simplified down so that we say you could, you could probably play this game a four-year-old to a 12-year-old could play this game. But it's because parents wanted to teach their young kids early about money and about investing. But we have two words, two caution points, right? What's caution number one for parents? <laughs> caution number one is there's a thing in here called doodads. And doodads are something that we just spend our money on like day to day. My watch. Could be a watch. Jacket, could be you know, just every day to day stuff. Yes. That, that new computer, all of that. A boat. So when you're shopping with your child who has played Cash Flow for Kids, they might say, hey, mom, uh, isn't that a doodad? Do you really need that today? So all of a sudden, your kids are going to start thinking differently. They're going to see the world differently, which is great because they're now thinking about money and how they spend it. So it's a, there's, that's warning number one, is you might be called out on the carpet on your doodad purchases. And the second, <laughs> the second caution, a friend said to me, I'll never teach my kid that game again because their kids were playing the Cash Flow for Kids game and the kid turned to his father and said, Dad, do you do this in real life? And the father had to say, no, I don't. So he had, those are two cautions. If you don't want your kids knowing more than you about money, <laughs> don't get the Cash Flow for Kids game. But also, you know, I've also talked to parents who have played the cash flow for kids game with their kids. They're teaching their kids, but they're also teaching themselves. So it's not a bad place for anybody to start to understand the concepts and to understand the philosophy of money and investing and then move on to the cash flow game. But this is a great place to start to understand to just to sh make a small shift in your mindset about the world of money. So before we go any further, I'd like to introduce you to some people who have used the game, so Kim and I don't have kids, but who have used the Cash Flow for Kids game on their children. Well, one thing I'd like to say is the kids just have fun playing the game. They just like to play the game. So that gives us, us the opportunity to uh, talk about money, which you know most families don't get the opportunity to talk about that. And so that's what's fun, you know, is that we can talk about money in a fun and a fun way to learn about it too. And another thing that I like about the game is it teaches the kids that they don't like doodads. They don't <laughs> want to have doodads, you know, because in the game doodads are bad. So it teaches them, you know, they think about things differently than most kids. So I think it's completely transformed my life and we wouldn't be here today without it because the Cash Flow for Kids was a really fun way to learn the language of money. And I think because it was so much fun, I wasn't so worried about excelling in school like everybody else. I was more worried. <laughs> I mean, it's the truth, but I was learning how to, 
how to create money in such a fun and in a family way too. So I think that was very pivotal. And I think that's been the transformation of everything because once you learn the language of money, when you're very, very young, you start having an unfair advantage and you start seeing opportunities that other people don't see. Let me explain as now a teacher in the Rich Dad Company, the four intelligences, but why games are the best teachers. So what I was learning playing the game Monopoly, it engaged what I call the four intelligences. And the four intelligences are, one is mental, the brain. The second intelligence is the most powerful, it's called emotional intelligence. And the other one is physical intelligence. But the most important intelligence is called spiritual intelligence. So when you play the cash flow board game, it's engaging your mind. You have to start thinking and figuring out strategies. It gets your emotions, especially if you're losing or you, you actually do lose, make a mistake on the game. Your emotions will kick up or somebody's kicking your butt on the game or your kids are winning. Your emotion comes up. But the physical part is you actually have to do the numbers. The reason we like the board game better than the electronic version is the physical part. You actually have to put in the numbers. And you see how the money flows. Yeah. You see how it flows from the income column into the, and the expense column, how assets flow from the asset column into the income column. You see all of, you actually physically make those movements happen. So the reason this is called the four intelligence is why the cash flow game has a better, gives you a better opportunity to inspire to learn more is mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual learning. It's really about this word here, metamorphosis. The definition of metamorphosis is the transition or the transformation from an immature form to an adult form. Immature to adult transformation. And that's the power of engaging all four intelligences, mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual. That's what the cash flow games, the kids and the adult version will assist you in doing. Absolutely. And, and the world economy is, looks disastrous, but your personal economy, that you have control yeah. over and that you can change. And so final word to women, especially mothers, about their role. Yeah, I, I think today more than ever, um, we need more women role models, women leaders, especially when it comes to money, especially when it comes to finances. And for me personally, I've taught a lot of women about money, about entrepreneurship. And when, when a woman understands that she can take charge of her own financial life, oh my goodness, her, the lights go on, she, her self-confidence goes up. And most importantly, and this is what I love about the Cash Flow for Kids game, she then wants to teach her kids. Once she understands it, then she wants to teach her kids because that's something that nobody is teaching at all. So I say to the women out there, to the moms out there, please educate your kids about money, about investing, and the Cash Flow for Kids game is a great, great, great place to start. Not just having them play it, but you play it with them and you learn together. And after the Cash Flow for Kids game, you move on to the Cash Flow game. But it's a great place to start. It's a great place to start the conversation because most people are not, most families are not talking about money. And we all know kids are interested in money in a very early age. So women and mothers teach your kids well.
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.